Welcome back to the Subject Disney Podcast, guys. I am Donnie, and I'm here with my beautiful wife sitting across the table from me. Hi, everyone. I'm Jamie. And today we're going to talk about 10 tips that we learned on our last Disney vacation. Um, so we'll just get right to it. How's that sound? Sounds good. All right. What's your first tip, honey? Um, using gift cards to budget for your trip. Well, first off, we normally use the Disney dining plan. Um, and because they didn't have the dining plan, we wanted to still have that all-inclusive feel to our trip. Yeah. Um, therefore, we went ahead and got Disney gift cards for the value of what we normally would have spent on the dining plan. And by doing that, it allowed us to budget and actually compare the two. What did you think about that? Um, it, it was definitely easier to compare the pricing for the meal plan and just using gift cards. Um, I know that in the past we've also used the gift cards to purchase our trip, to fund our trip as far as booking hotel and um, things like that. Well, actually, that's another good point because you're right. Um, because what we did is we saved money by u- utilizing the gift cards as well. Because we used, um, what is it, BJ's. Yep. Went to BJ's to get our gift cards. And they're 5% off there, essentially. And then on top of that, we used our Disney Visa card to purchase those. For and the then reward points. Yep. Got the reward points. And then we just paid off that card so that we don't get the interest on it. Um, but going back to the all-inclusive aspect of it is... We knew when we got the bill at the restaurant that it was covered. We didn't have to worry about it. And it made the huge dining bills hurt a lot less because you knew it was already paid for up front. Yep. You didn't have to worry about it coming from your checking account or any of that. Now, if you do decide to go this way, um, another thing to keep in mind is to put your cards onto DisneyGiftCards.com. All you do is you go ahead and put in your uh, your account numbers in there. You can't use it like a mobile wallet, but it does store all your information. Um, and that actually saved us here because I'll let my wife tell you the story about what happened with my daughter. I was there when it happened. We were on a ride, and we purchased gift cards for each of our kids, so they each had their own money to spend um, while we were on vacation. And we were in line for a ride. Um, I believe it was Dinosaur uh, over at Animal Kingdom. And we were down inside the building, and we were standing on top of these um, vents or grates on the ground. And my daughter had her gift card in her back pocket, which happened to be the same pocket she had her cell phone stored in. Well, she pulled out her cell phone to look at it, and I guess... Her gift card came out with it, and it was wrapped perfectly in. Had the um, the receipt wrapped around it that had the amount left on the um, on the gift card. Well, it came out of her pocket and fell into the grate. The funny thing is, she heard it hit the ground, but when she looked, she couldn't find it. Um, so we notified um, cast members that you know my daughter had dropped her gift card, and we'd actually located it. We could see it through the grate. And as the line progressed and people were passing by us, um, uh, a lady a few uh, spaces behind us 
um, said that she saw the whole thing happen. And when the card came out of the pocket, it literally fell perfectly between the lats of the grate without even hitting it. So my daughter heard it hit the ground, not the grate. And she said it's uncanny how that happened because she's never seen it happen like that before. Normally it would hit the side of the grate before hitting the ground. Anyway, um, my husband was able to um, contact uh, DisneyGiftCards.com and have the balance transferred from her gift card to a new gift card. So essentially at that point, because it was on DisneyGiftCards.com, all we had to do is go on to the site, DisneyGiftCards.com, and transfer the balance from that card to one of the other cards that we had or to a new card that we could have purchased. Either way, so we didn't actually have to recover the physical card because the balances are controlled on the site. So that works out perfectly. Again, you can't use them to buy anything from the site or anything like that, but it gives you a, a way to man, maneuver that money if you need to and keeps it all on track in one Did place. Did you need the account number? No, so, okay. because you you initially need the account number, obviously, in order to put it onto Disney gift cards. But once it's there, it's there. And in Disney gift cards, you give each gift card a nickname so emily's gift card was called emily so all i had to do is go take emily's card or balance that was on emily's card and transfer it to a new card that we had gotten and we called it emily's new card how convenient and then i deleted the other card and got it off the account now you did say there was an additional 15 that we ended up spending 15 dollars because i bought a whole new card Okay. Otherwise, it would have been, you know, if I had just put it on one of the other cards that we already had, it wouldn't have it cost, to cost anything. us anything. Okay. And, it, you know, that was just an additional $15 on gift cards anyway. Not a big deal. So, next thing I wanted to talk about, was, or our second tip, is how to get Rise of the Resistance boarding passes. This is all you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, so... My, the biggest tips here, guys, is to make sure your phones are up to date. Turn your phone off. Turn it back on the day before you're going to get your Rise of the Resistance boarding pass. Um, as of right now, you have you can get them at 7 o'clock. So you want to do that probably, I'd say, around like 6.30. Turn your phone off. Turn it back on. Try to have a second phone with the atomic clock on it the minute before 7 o'clock. Make sure you're watching that clock. Go into the app, hit refresh about 15 seconds prior, and then just watch the atomic clock and hit the join button on the My Disney Experience at the time that it, the atomic clock clicks from 59 seconds to 7 o'clock. Did what, that make any sense? What is the atomic clock? Okay. <laughs> the atomic clock... If you do a search on Google, you just type in atomic clock, it will bring up the world's atomic clock. So okay. that clock okay. is what your phone's clock actually runs off of. But if you just watch your phone, you don't have the seconds. You need that second hand, which is why you want the atomic clock. Okay. That so that makes sense. right beforehand, before it gets to seven o'clock, you've got everything set up. You set up your phone. 
You got your opened up your My Disney experience. It's the only app on your phone running at that time because you want the, if you can, have the atomic clock on a second phone. So you're using all the power of your phone just for My Disney experience. And like I said, you've already reset your, your phone. Hit refresh about 30 seconds prior to 7 o'clock. And then right as it goes over, you want to click the join button. And hopefully you get your Rise of the Resistance. It didn't work for me the first time, but that's because the atomic clock I was using was on my daughter's phone. And by the time I got to where I wanted to do it, her lock screen came on and I couldn't unlock her phone to use the atomic clock. So I did the trick of pulling down on the phone to reset it. And when I did that, I didn't have the atomic clock, so I waited until my phone clicked over to seven. The moment it clicked seven, I hit the join button. I was too late. So, But we were able to get the one o'clock. But we got it at one o'clock by using the atomic clock method while we were in line for, uh, I want to say it was uh, the Tower of Terror. It might have been Tower of Terror. The, the so, girls and I were waiting right. over at the restaurant for our reservation. Yep. But we did get it that first day, and then using that tip, we were able to get it each other day as well. You got another tip? Oh, um, well, let's talk about uh, rain gear, I guess. Um, ponchos. One recommendation here with the ponchos. We bought ponchos kid sizes and adult sizes. I would say... If your kid's like 10 year old, 10 years old, get the adult size. Don't bother with the child sizes because... Those are for like the littles, like six, five and under. They're really going to get wet anyway. I mean, even with the adult ponchos, it our, protected our, backpack our shorts still got wet. So, but you want to have the ponchos. Or something that you should have on hand when you're in the parks. Um, and along with that is when it rains... Um, if you're in a park that has a wet ride, ride it when it's raining because people tend to get out of line when it's raining because um, they think the ride's going to shut down or something. But, I mean, S Splash Mountain or Cali River Rapids, they're wet rides. I mean, you're going to get wet anyway. Stay in line. So where this really came into play for us, as we were eating, it started to rain real heavy and everybody was rushing into the in indoor areas where we were able just to throw on our ponchos and then we went to Cali River Rapids, a wet ride. I'm not gonna close unless there's, you know, lightning and stuff. And we ended up riding that with the ponchos. So and I think that worked out really well because we pretty much walked right on that. Because yep. everybody else decided they were gonna go and try to stay dry, I guess. And we figured, well, it's raining, we're already getting wet. Might as well ride a wet ride. And we were planning on riding that ride anyway, dark yep. day, so. And the girls loved it. So one of the tips you hear a lot is to rope drop. And I think this rope dropping right now can go one of two ways. Um, because they're opening the parks randomly almost. And the reason I say it's random is the schedule will say the park opens at 8 o'clock. But if you get there at like 7, they may still already be letting you in. They may not be running anything, but they'll be letting you in the park. 
um, at least a half an hour early, they're letting people in. And at that point, it seemed like they were starting to run the rides. So if you're going to rope drop, you're going to want to get on that first bus to the parks, whatever the transportation method is. You want to be there first or even take an Uber over. If you're not on that first one, rope dropping may not really help as much. We tried to rope drop, uh, what was it, honey? Seven, 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 seven Dwarfs Mine train. train. By the time we got there, the line was already 75 minutes long. It was wrapped around the entire ride completely. So it wasn't worth it. So we decided to um, look at the uh, the app and see what rides had the least time wait. And uh, we hit those up. I think we ended up heading down to um, Splash Mountain, but it wasn't open. We headed um, that down direction. Maintenance. Yeah, we headed in that direction. Then we ended up waiting in line for Thunder Mountain, Big Thunder Mountain, and we ended up getting right on that one. We were the first group to board that one, which was kind of cool. Yeah, you're mixing days up. <laughs> Emily did the same thing. <laughs> because the day we tried to rope drop uh, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, we actually oh, we went left to... there. We went to Small World. Oh, after. We went yeah. to, to Small World. And then we did Peter Pan. But, again... The Three Mountains Day, we did. We went straight down to the mountains. Right, and we were able to get right on. That yeah. actually worked, and we did rope drop that day. So, I guess the tip here is that if you're going to rope drop, make sure you go really early right now. Um, talk to a cast member before you go to bed the night before, and try to find out how early they're actually opening up the parks. It's something that we didn't do. Um, we were going by the the app itself, and the okay. parks were way op- opened With earlier. The official time that was posted on their channel at the resorts or whatever. Yeah, that, that definitely was not accurate. So try to get with a cast member and get the real story on that one. But if you rope drop, here's the key. If, you, if you're going to rope drop something and you get there and you realize that the one you wanted to do, for our example, it was Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. If the line is longer than what you think it's going to be at the end of the day, go do something else that you would normally want to rope drop. Like in this case, we were able to get on It's a Small World, which you normally wouldn't rope drop that. But Peter Pan's Flight, mm-hmm. yeah, you normally don't think of that as a rope drop. Pretty much walked onto that. We had, what, maybe a 15-minute wait? If that maybe, and later on in the day, it was over an hour. Yep. For the rest of the day, so we were glad we got that done when we did it. Um, and at the end of the day, we waited for Snow White forty-five minutes. I think it was right before close. Oh, mine train. Yeah. Oh, Snow White. Yeah. Wrong. Seven Dwarfs. Seven seven Dwarfs. Mine train. But. So. Um, um, what about um, rideshare? Seeing we're talking about rides. Okay, uh, I think you're. That's a real big tip is to utilize rideshare if you have the capability to. You know, for us, we had a two-year-old coming with us, and not well, quite two. He's is one. He, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we had him, so we were able to utilize rideshare. And even if you don't want to go on the ride, rideshare is still good because the kids get to go twice. So what we were doing is we would let our kids go on one 
one ride, and then when they got off, the second person would go just so that they had a chance to do the ride twice. Um, so that was one way we saw of utilizing the ride share. But we actually found another way that was almost better, in my opinion, on how to use ride share with trying to get the most done as possible. Uh, what I mean by that is, let's say you, let's say you're um, wanting to do more rides than doubling up on the same ride. What you can do is split your group into two, so you have one adult with the kids if you have enough people to do this, and then you also have another group with an adult and the kids that are going to go the second time. So now you have two groups. You go up to get your ride share, go up to the front, sign up for ride share, send the people that are on the first one onto the first one. And then the second group, instead of waiting there until the first group is done, they can move on to the second ride that you wanted to do with the other people's magic bands and then sign the, the other group up for the second ride as the second group. Am I losing you? No. no okay. No. Just want to make sure I'm not talking in circles here. Um, and then they can get on the second ride. And when they get off that one, go to the first one, give the first group back their magic bands, and they can go ride the second ride. So you're not actually waiting as long in the mm -hmm. rides. And it was convenient that we had our oldest daughter with us too because she's considered an adult. So she was able to stay with the baby so that you and I could ride together on a few of those rides. And yes. we still had that extra adult. Yep. Um, so we could really utilize that ride share. Right. But essentially what I, I kind of went into a convoluted way of doing it. But essentially if you break up your groups, you can actually switch magic bands sign up the second group with the magic bands and one group can go on each ride and then just swap the magic bands back. If you have any questions on that one, go ahead and uh, DM me on the group, on the Facebook group, and I, I'll try to explain it a little bit better. It's a little bit tricky, mm -hmm. but once you get the hang of it, I think it's easy. Mm -hmm. And while we're on the topic of magic bands, um, the... Um Magic Band Keepers, we bought them on Amazon um, before our trip while we were still planning. Um, they're just a little um, silicone slide that fits right on your Magic Band, um, and it helps keep your Magic Band on. The first time we went to Disney, we had Magic Bands. We didn't really have an issue, um, but we noticed this last time, and we were glad we had them. Um, our Magic Bands kept popping off. They kept coming undone, so we were glad that we had those... Um, the keepers on them because it helped keep the magic band in place, especially with the our, our some of our younger children. They you know have a habit of taking it off and leaving it somewhere, and it just made it a little bit more difficult, I believe, to, to have them take that off of their their wrist. I, I think that's an amazing tip right there because it's not something that I thought we really needed, but when we were looking at stuff online before our trip, we saw these magic band keepers, and essentially it's just. It's the thing on your watch that holds your band down. Um, but in this case, it holds the two bands of the magic band together so it doesn't pop off. And my, my magic band popped off at least 
six times while we were down there. The only reason it stayed on my wrist is because those magic band keepers were on there holding it from actually coming apart. It just slid off a little bit and you could feel it loosen up on my wrist. Yeah, and they're fairly inexpensive. So, oh, I mean, they were a great buy in they, my opinion. They were very inexpensive. I'll, I'll, if, I'll try to remember to put a link down the uh, show notes on where you can get them from Amazon. Um, but yeah, those things definitely helped out. So, um, yeah, so we bought those on Amazon. Another great tip, something that we, we ended up utilizing quite a bit was Amazon um, Prime Now, um, where you can, you can order items and have them delivered directly to guest services. Mm-hmm. So the way this one works is you just go to Amazon Prime Now, and you go through, find the stuff that you want to order, and you order it, and it goes straight to Bell Services at the hotel you're at. And then when you're ready to pick it up, you just go down to Bell Services, let them know you have an order from Amazon. They'll go in the back, grab it, and give it to you. What this is really good for that we found was ordering waters, snacks, and breakfasts for the room. You know, so we, we had gotten some donuts for the room, some um, Belvita little snack breakfast bars, and obviously waters, Gatorades, that type of stuff. So you're not paying $3 a water in the park. Mm-hmm. You've got a whole case for like 6, eight, six to $8. Um, there is a little upcharge for them to deliver it to the room, but or not to the room, but to the hotel. But it's still going to save you a ton of money if you do that. And utilizing that with the gift cards for your main meals, it's really going to help you save, save a lot of money overall. Now that I'm back on meals again, you want to talk about mobile order? Um, yeah. So um, we do recommend, well, I mean, Disney... Um, themselves, you know, you have to mobile order your food. Um, they're highly recommending you mobile order your food um, and try to stay away from, like, the high meal times. So, But you need to prepare. If you do want to eat around those times, it's going to take at least at least 30 minutes to order your food or to have it ready before you get there. Um, so basically what my wife is trying to say is right now Disney has put in place the fact that you have to they're pushing for the mobile order so that they can do the social distancing a lot easier. Um, but even without that, mobile order is a time saver and it helps out a ton because you can plan out where you want to eat, place your order, and then just walk up. And the way that that works is if you can get, let's say the one you want is a now, you're hungry right now, you go on a mobile order and you pick... We'll use Pecos Bills as an example. They were so good. And you're on the other side of the park. Well, you can go on, place your order in there for what you want to eat, and then it's going to ask you your pickup time. If it says now, you're good, you can hit now, or you have to plan it out for later on. So you're better off trying to plan earlier when you want to eat, then you are just trying to do it now. But if it says now, click now. And then it's going to ask you to tell them when you're at the restaurant, say I'm here. And then once you hit that I'm here, they start preparing your food. 
Here's where the tip comes in. If you're on the other side of the park, estimate how long it's going to take you to get there. When you're about 15 minutes from the restaurant, go ahead and click that on here button. So by the time you actually get to the restaurant, it says your order's ready. Show that to the cast member, they'll let you right in. That's what we did a couple of times and it, it worked out just as we got there. It would click over to um, that your order's ready. We were able to go in and it's already there at the counter. No waiting around, wasting time at the restaurant. So, um, another great tip though, is to share your meals, the snacks and quick services, they're pretty good portions. So, I mean, we ended up like at Pecos Bill, we split nachos and tacos. Yep. Tacos. You got like a trio of tacos and a burger and yep. So we, we split those and then, um, we ended up getting a, one order of uh, the mini churros. So good. We ended up ordering more of them, but there were so many of them. We were able to split them amongst us and there were seven of us yep. eating them. So mm-hmm. um, I think we just ended up ordering two more orders of them and we split them. But I mean, we didn't have to have everybody order their own dessert because you might end up wasting food because everybody's full from eating. Um, and it's hot. And you don't and really want it. You don't want it full full, full belly when you're walking around in that heat Um, because you just get lethargic anyway after you eat. So, um, But everything is pretty good portion size no matter where you go. I mean, even their snacks are a good size. Um, And it's great to to just try it, you know, rather than everybody getting their own different thing and then not liking it or somebody in your party is bound to like something that you get. So... Now, this is one of the disadvantages to mobile order right now, too, though, because you kind of want to make sure you order enough for everybody initially, because sometimes the mobile ordering now is not available. Mm -hmm. And then you have to wait an hour or two before there's a window for you to be able to go in and get your food. So you want to be leery on exactly how much you order. What we did is we ordered to the point where we knew, hey... We got enough. Everybody will have a little bit, enough to tide you over until the next thing. Or we'll just find someone else that's available now and order from them. So as long as you're flexible, it's not that big of a deal. And when we went to Pecos Bills, it wasn't an issue. And I think right now where things are getting, uh, the mobile ordering is getting a little bit better. It's not as busy as it was during spring break when everybody was saying, they couldn't find anything on the mobile order. There wasn't a time that we couldn't just go on and find anything that said now. There was a couple places that weren't available, but for the most part, we could order whenever we needed to. Another great tip, and I'm sure you've heard it a million times, wear comfortable shoes. Um, I pretty much, for this last trip, lived in my sneakers and my Crocs. Um, both are broken in. I mean, I wear my Crocs almost every day. Um, my sneakers were well broken in. Um, I actually, I think ended up wearing my sneakers more often than not, but, um, I know I wore my Crocs the time before that, um, pretty much the entire time. Um, they're great. I love the Crocs because, um, 
I could wear them with socks if I wanted to. Um, and then if it was raining, I just took the socks off. I mean, the Crocs are a rubber um, shoe, so they were pretty much waterproof. I mean, yeah, you get your feet wet, but I mean, they're like a flip-flop. They're meant for water. I, I think one of the great advantages to Crocs in that type of a shoe um, is the ability to do both. You can wear them with socks, which I highly recommend wearing those with socks. I know it may not be the fashionable thing to do, but Crocs and those types of shoes can cause blisters really easy because your feet are sliding around because they're not fit and tight on your foot. If you're not used to wearing them. Even with you used to wearing them, they can still do it. Um, same thing with the slides that women wear. Um, I recommend you wear socks with them. It's going to prevent, put a layer between your foot and the shoe, which is going to help prevent blisters. Now, if it's raining, here's the best part. You just take your sock off, your feet don't get soaked. I mean, they'll get wet while it's raining, but once it stops raining, they'll dry out quickly. Yep. And again, it helps to prevent the, the blisters, whereas if you wear sneakers or regular shoes, once they're wet, they're wet. There's nothing you can do about them. Right. And, and two of our children decided to wear fairly new shoes the first day in the park. Even though we told them not, not to. to. <laughs> so um, they ended up with blisters. It was a good thing that we thought to bring moleskin. Yep. That moleskin, it was a lifesaver. I mean, they pretty much wore it all week. Um, Even with the moleskin, though, if, if you get blisters in the beginning of your trip, it's going to hinder the rest of your trip. So if you have a pair of comfortable shoes that you wear all the time at home, take them with you. Comfort over fashion at Disney. Right. And, you, and you can always bring them with you in the park. Bring, you know, wear the new ones into the park. Bring the comfortable ones. If the new ones start bothering you, take them off, switch them out for the comfortable ones. Prevent the blisters. That's the biggest thing, prevention. And again, comfort over fashion. <laughs> because even if you start to get those blisters, once, you, once they start to form and you notice it, it can start hindering you even if you put on your good shoes again. What I recommend, walk in the, your shoes at home. Make sure you're going down with some well-worn shoes. For me, I went down with shoes that I wear for work every day, but I walk every nine day. to ten days. Miles. Or sorry, nine to ten miles a day for work. So I knew those shoes were going to be able to handle Disney without any issues. Um, but even with that, make sure you have your moleskin so that you can treat them if need be. Yes, comfortable feet are good to have. <laughs> um, another important thing um, to another good tip um, is to take frequent breaks. Um, your feet do get tired. Um, I know the last two trips that we've been, I've ended up with the dreaded Disney rash, um, which is essentially, um, uh, what do they call it, uh, verticulosis, verticulitis. Um, in the lower part of the leg and ankle um, with the ankle swelling it's very itchy rash it's not contagious um, but it looks horrible 
Um, it burns. It itches. It was it was awful. Um, I felt I needed to break off. And so when I had a chance to sit down, I was sitting down, putting my feet up. Um, Essentially, the Disney rash, guys, um, it looks similar to poison ivy or any other type of heat rash on the lower ankles, and it can make you very uncomfortable, or at least that's what it looked like because my wife was complaining about it, and it's hot to the touch. So take breaks if, if you're not used to walking around a lot, um, but not only to prevent Disney rash, but just in general, you want to take up your breaks. Um, the kids get cranky. We, they get <laughs> we tend to always go park open to park close and then regret it at the end. And the reason we end up regretting it is because the kids get cranky after a while. If you're constantly go, 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 and they don't have a chance to reset, they will get they get cranky. So for them, take the breaks. If you need to go back to the hotel in the middle of the day, go back to the hotel. Now, this is where some of the planning ahead of time comes in. For this trip, we decided because of COVID, because of the way things are set up right now with Disney and everything, we decided we we're going to try to take our breaks in the middle of the day at a restaurant inside the parks for lunch between the one one o'clock to three o'clock time frame when the parks are getting their busiest because you don't have fast pass so we didn't want to have to wait in lines for for too long honestly i think that was a bad choice on our part and the reason for that is because the kids just wanted to get out of the park and i think that would have been a better break is if we went back to the hotel, went swimming, and then returned back to the park later on. Um, we did that on one day. We did that on a Magic Kingdom day where we actually split the group because we had one child that wanted to stay in the park. The rest wanted to leave, so my wife actually took them after lunch, and they left. This was probably one of the better days overall because when they came back their attitudes weren't that bad they were happy to be back into the parks it wasn't the greatest for my wife though no well i mean i had i brought the baby with me i, I had to go wherever the baby was because unfortunately i'm still nursing him so i mean not unfortunately but you know i'm glad i'm still nursing him but at the same time it's kind of a hindrance um well, when you're on vacation. When you're on vacation. Um, so that left, you know, my husband at the park with one of our children, and they got some good one-on-one -on -one time. Um, and I did get to put my feet up, but I, I don't know, I, I had the, I felt like I was missing out um, because I had to go back to the park, uh, back to the resort with the others. Um, I was hoping to be able to get a nap in or something. Didn't get to get a nap in. Just because, you know, someone wanted to go to the pool and my son decided he didn't want to nap. So, um, but you even, know. Even still, though, with all that, do you think it was still worth it to split up 
because when you came back, the kids seemed like they were in a much better at much better position than they were if we would have spent the whole day. Yeah, they seemed they, their attitude seemed a little better. I mean, I'm just comparing that day to days where we didn't split up, and they just made once they got tired, it was the end of the day for everybody. It didn't matter which child was the one that got tired. They made it miserable for the others. Yeah. You know, whereas if you can take those breaks or it split up, you can alleviate some of those headaches on the back end. Is that, what do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and with that comes, if you've made those reservations at the hotels, or not the hotels, sorry, those dining reservations, you know there's a cancellation fee if you cancel it on the same day that the reservation is for. So the night before, you may want to reevaluate your dining reservations and see if you still want to do it. We actually did that um, and changed one of ours. Unfortunately, that turned it so that it was too early on the day that we actually did it. So we should have taken the din the later. Din we should have gone later. Um, but with that said, the reason I'm bringing the dining reservations up is if things are going south, you know, and people are getting tired and you still have that reservation, I would say don't be afraid to cancel it and pay the reservation fee or a cancellation fee. A $10 cancellation fee is going to be more beneficial or have more value to you spending that $10 per person to cancel your reservation than to stick it out and go to the reservation. Order all that food. <laughs> with people that are miserable and making it miserable for others. We actually did that. We ended up going, okay, well, we, we talked about going back and because we had changed our dining reservation and to an earlier one, it was a five o'clock reservation, around 1.32, the kids started to want a break in the day and we kept looking at it going, well, if we leave now, we're not really going to get much of a break because we're going to have to turn around and come back. There wasn't a lot of time between then and our reservation. So we decided to push through it and make our reservation. And going to the restaurant with tired kids made that reservation not well. Yeah. I, I'm not willing to rate that dining reservation that we went to appropriately because... I I can't tell you it was a good restaurant or bad restaurant we because didn't get the full experience. we didn't get the full experience there, and that's because we chose to push too hard, and that I think is the big key: is don't push everyone too hard if you don't need to. Take it easy. If you need to cancel a reservation, and you think it's going to be better, cancel the reservation. Don't. Don't go to it just to save yourselves the cancellation fee because you're going to waste more money by going to something that you're not getting the value out of because you're not getting the enjoyment. What do you think on that? No, I agree. I mean, we ended up 
ordering meals for everybody and nobody ate their food. Because they weren't, they were too tired. All they wanted to do was leave. So again, I can't stress that one enough. If you have kids and they're getting tired, take the break. Take take the break. Try not to push them through. I mean, could we have tried to take a break in the park? Maybe, but I think what they need at that point is to get out of all the stimulation. Yep. Get out of the park, head back to the resort or wherever it is that you're staying. You know, hang out by the pool or just hang out in the room, you know, decompress, um, relax a little bit and get away from that stimulation. I think that's the biggest thing right there. Um, and if you do that, I think you're going to find your trip is going to be that much better. Yeah, you spent a little bit on the cancellations, but let's let's look at it. Um, just We're going to just throw a random place. Give me a restaurant. Random restaurant. Uh, T-Rex. Okay, so we're going to say it's T-Rex. All right. We have a family of seven. It would have cost us $70 if we wanted to cancel that reservation. That $70 is going to be worth more than going there or is it going to be less than if we go there and pay $25 a plate for everybody. You want, you know, once you include food and drinks and them not eating. $70 versus $175. That's a big difference. You, you save yourselves $100 by not going. And attitude-wise, you can't put a value on that. Everybody gets to relax, recuperate, and be ready for the next day. Because if you don't take those breaks, it all compiles day after day after day. And with that said, um, if you're not mourning people, you may not want to rope drop every single day. Or at least take a break in between the days that you're rope dropping. What do you think? I think we should take a break. I recommend taking a break in between park days. Um, I know we keep saying we're going to do that, and I know we have yet to do that. Um, but I think that would probably make all the difference in the world is if we did a park one day, spent the next day just chilling out at the resort, and then do a park the following day, and then another day off just hanging out at the resort. I know that's not your cup of tea, mm -hmm. but um, I know for me it would probably help me out, um, and I think the kids would probably be less cranky. I think you're right. I don't think necessarily you have to have a one-for-one, one, but I do think... Two-day maximum. You know, go to the park two days in a row, no more. No more than two days. Because on this trip, that's one of the things I noticed was that third day was when everything flipped. Mm -hmm. You know, if it was more than two days, everybody's like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. And I think it's just they're overstimulated at that point. I mean, unfortunately... I like to be in the parks. I prefer to be in the parks. I am not a resort person. Um, I might be more of a resort person if it was just me and my wife at the resort. He's lying. Then with all my kids. <laughs> no, I'm not lying. 
The reason I say that though is because if it was just me and my wife, we could go enjoy a dinner together, enjoy some drinks. Whereas with the kids, all they want to do is go into the pool and I'm not a swimmer. I could take or leave the pool. I know. You didn't actually swim at all this last trip. It's not that I can't swim. I just don't, I'm not a pool person. I don't like going to the pool and just hanging out. But for me, if at the resorts, think one of the things I like to do is I like to walk around. I like to walk around, look at all the details. I mean, I love taking my morning walks with Elijah. We we go walking around through through uh, Pop Century and Arts of Animation resorts. Um, that I could see us doing doing resort hopping. Yep. Which we weren't too keen on doing this time, just because of the fact that. Um, we're such a large group, and in, in the whole COVID thing, yeah. Um, and with the kids, I don't think resort hopping would be that much fun because I think they'd get bored. Whereas with just my wife and I, I think resort hopping would be nice because one thing you could go look at the different resorts, appreciate the way they're done, start dreaming and planning that next vacation of going to a different resort than the one that you're staying at. Um, all that type of stuff makes it fun. And grabbing a drink or two at each lounge. That would be fun. You know? Or doing the Skyliner crawl. You know, just going to all the different lounges that are on the Skyliner. You know, or doing things like that. Those are ways you can make your non-resort or your resort day more fun. But unfortunately, I think with our kids... It's harder because you want to be with them. You feel guilty if you're leaving them. You know, and then you feel guilty to the oldest one if you leave them with her because she's babysitting instead of, you know, so it's harder to have that adult trip. That's why I'm really looking forward to our adult trip. Even though we're going to have Elijah with us, our, at that point, he'll be two years old. He was the easiest to handle in the parks. By far. <laughs> out of all of our children. <laughs> I, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Even even when I was waiting in for you guys on the on the rides, he was easy. Because all I had to do is walk him around. Push him around in the stroller or carry him or whatever. He was all happy looking around. And if he got tired, he could take a nap. He didn't. But he nope, could have. But he could have. <laughs> so, all right, guys. Now we're we're pretty much just rambling on here. Um, just real quick, we can run down, give you guys a summary of the tips that we gave. I know we just kind of threw them all out there. Um, the big things was use gift cards with DisneyGiftCard.com. Trip and budgeting. Yep. Um, know how to get your Rise of the Resistance boarding pass. If you need to do more research on it, do the research. Be ready for it. Things to buy before your trip would be ponchos, those magic band keepers, and uh, moleskin or a small first aid kit um, to have in the parks with you. And uh, the Amazon Now ordering. Yep. When it rains, go ahead and do those wet rides. Get there early if you're going to try to rope drop. I mean, get there early, earlier really than you early. think you need to right now. Yep. 
Um, Use rideshare to the best of your ability. Yes. Um, mobile ordering. Share meals. Um, wear comfortable shoes. And um, don't be afraid to take a break or to um, cancel that dining reservation if you know you feel like you just need that break. It's going to be worth it. It's worth it in the long run to pay a cancellation fee than it is to go and not be happy while you're there. Save your sanity. Um, and don't be afraid to split up. If your group is large enough and people are old enough to split up, don't be afraid to split up. You know, sometimes the older kids don't want to do the boat rides. They want to go and ride all the roller coasters. Well, if you got someone in there that wants to do roller coasters, let them do roller coasters while the other people do the boat rides. You know, get the most out of your trip without having to try to make everybody happy at all the times. Because if you've been alive for more than five minutes as an adult, you know the rule. You can never make everybody happy. It just doesn't work. All right, honey. So did you have any other tips? I do. I'm a very big pin, pin trader. Um, I love trading pins in the parks with cast members, with other um, guests. Um, one of our tips is to actually purchase your pins online before your trip because um, you can get them at a really good price. Um, the only thing you need to be leery about is, I mean, you may get duplicates. Um, some places may give you um, pins that are not actual Disney trading pins, so you just need to check the backs of those um, and make sure you don't bring them to Disney because people will not trade you for them. Um, but... Um, it was a great way to save money on uh, pins. I mean, we did purchase some pins while we were down there at the parks because um, there were some brand new ones um, that we really fell in love with and felt we needed to have. Um, but for for the kids, um, it was it was great to buy them in bulk ahead of time um, and let them sort them out. Um, I know we played some games and used them as prizes. We put them in our Easter eggs um, at Easter time as well um, so that the kids could get you know random random pins so they had some to trade down there and they weren't going down empty-handed um, but yeah uh, do you have anything to add yeah you're absolutely right on this because the pins online if you go to eBay you can get them almost down to 50 cents a pin now the thing with that is like my wife said you really do need to Check the reviews of the sellers. Make sure you read the reviews. And that's going to tell you whether or not they're going to be official pins or not. As long as they say they're official pins and everybody on the reviews have rated that seller high, then you're probably going to be okay. Like I said, we got our pins down to 50 cents a pin. You're not going to find that at the parks. And there were no duplicates per batch that we ordered. Now... The stress point on that is per batch because if we bought them at different times, then we got duplicates. And honestly, I didn't mind the duplicates because if I had a duplicate, I meant I kept one and then I had one to trade away. Exactly. So I didn't, I didn't mind having duplicates. And if you're into pin trading, you probably will buy more at the parks anyway because the, the really good ones are probably in the parks more so than they are 
um, in the pin trading groups that are out there. That's right. Um, but you guys had a lot of fun with the pin trading. I mean, there was that one... Remember at Animal Kingdom? We were in line for... Well, there was that one time, but there was another time we were... Where were we? Epcot? I think we were at Epcot. Mission Space? I can't remember what ride it was. I just know it was a darker ride. Um, we were in line. It was Epcot. It was the racetrack. Mm-hmm. We were in line, and there was a group of kids behind us that had the lanyards with all the pin trading on it, uh, um, with all the pins on their, their lanyard, and um, my kids turned around and asked them if they wanted to trade, and they were like, yeah, let's trade. And we were literally trading pins. They were trading pins until it was time to board the ride. And they were like literally throwing the pins at each other because we had to get on the ride because it was our turn. It was intense, um, but it was great, and they loved it. Um, and I know we did um, we had another group over at Animal Kingdom. That's one I was referring to. Yeah. I didn't see the one in line because I was waiting with the baby. Um, <laughs> Eating your Dole Whip. <laughs> but the one that I was referring to was at Animal Kingdom. I went to get some Dole Whip. And you guys stayed over by the pin rack that was there. And you were looking at the different pins and the different uh, other souvenirs that were at that shop. And a group of kids came over and asked you guys if you wanted to trade. And then we pulled off by the the bridge there, mm-hmm. and they were trading, and then another group came over, then another group, and then another group, <laughs> and it was like a whole pin trading festival right there in Animal Kingdom as the cavalcades would go by and on we'd the wave on, on yeah. the river to Mickey and his friends. That's where Elijah and I were doing while you were trading away, but that was a lot of fun. That was. That was a lot of fun. Good? Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for coming along. Um, Remember to go ahead and click that subscribe button on the podcast. And please do us a favor. Go out there to wherever you get your podcasts, to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and give us that five-star review. It's really going to help us to grow the podcast. Um, And join us on our Facebook group. Uh, It's just the Subject Disney Facebook group. And again, I can put a link down in the uh, description for that as well. And have a great evening. Seeing Emmy's not here. See you real soon. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to seeing you on another podcast. I am Donnie, and I'm here with my beautiful wife. You know, they can't see me, right? Hi, everyone.
So I'm making a mess of this so water can take over. <laughs> so no problem. <laughs>